0: Back when like a child running wild in the outside You got older, older. Welcome to another episode of Smile You Love Us Hey! What's up Aaron? We're all energized right now because we're so excited for what this episode is This is a really, really good one So we... Decided to do a back to high school episode and it ended up being one of our favorites. And then I just suck and didn't post it ever. Erin, you have a life, you have a job, you have a partner, you have a dog. You Oh, and then the, like the pandemic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 and like yeah. the election, it's fine, it's fine, it's everything's fine. But we do, we have this great episode recorded and logged and we, we were just we recorded it in december of 2019 yeah after apparently like a in friendsgiving that we uh, went to shout out joe and jess yes thank you um yeah it now it is october 2020 yeah so we're like it's like we're like a year late turning in our homework it's not a big deal it's fine It's also um, our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, no four people are listening. By the way, you're welcome because this episode is amazing. We dealt with never been kissed, seventeen again, and twenty one jump street. We didn't deal with them. We We were privileged enough to watch these. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why I said deal with. Like we dealt with this Channing Tatum of it all. It was so. Um, Yeah, I think about twenty one jump street a lot, a lot, and how how hard I laughed and like wasn't expecting it and just it was like an actual joy to kind of realize that there was like an extremely funny teen movie out there that I that was like recent that I hadn't seen and and had really low expectations out on which like made it even better I think of Jonah Hill's performance like weekly all the time and Brie Larson amazing um and Never Been Kissed is so weird and I think about that too And Seventeen Again, also an amazing performance. I mean, Zac Efron is an American hero. He is. And we were super privileged to be able to watch these movies and discuss them. (laughs) So privileged, paying $2.99 on Amazon. Um, Cool. So, you're about to hear that episode. We talk about the present moment in in it. It's it's a little bit of a time capsule, but um, we think that you will really enjoy it because movies are great. We had a great time recording it, and... Um, yeah, enjoy. I've got a crow. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to Smile, You Love Us. This is our teen movie podcast. We discuss the world of teen movies, uh, what they mean to us, and their impact on pop culture as a whole. Blythe and I started this episode um, chatting about a charades game that Blythe really engineered this weekend. We were at a friend's giving, uh, as one does when one has had too much wine. One suggests a game of charades, a rousing game of charades. And before we even pick teams, which again I actually don't, I don't think we need to pick teams in charades. I think it should be random. Anyways, Erin was like, Blythe and I can't be on the same team because we know each other too well and we talk about movies all the time, and which is true. So I said, okay, we're not gonna be on the same team. And then she got mad when I didn't pick her. And then, Yes, that's exactly what did. <laughs> and then you completely blew us out of the water because my teammates were one extremely drunk, and <laughs> I was extremely drunk. drunk. I moved a chair across the floor by accident. Um, but I was on Blythe's husband's team, even though he picked me last, which I was also insulted by. Um, and he he really led the the Skull Smashers yeah, to victory. Was, that was your uh, that was your name. Yeah. Skull smashers. Good for you. Smash and skulls. One of my teammates got Tom Hanks as her clue and then immediately started rolling around rolling, on the ground. Barrel ground rolling on the ground. As if she was in Mission Impossible because she thought Tom Hanks was Tom Cruise. So that is what I was working on. And like. her boyfriend uh, stopped the timer because he it was their home and he was just like, okay, the boy, I don't want to know what happens here. <laughs> stopped her turn. Yeah, you know, it's just like crazy life in your thirties in New York. Yeah, you know? we're really living. Yeah, although we did that—that that party was a phenomenal party. There was caviar and eggnog. Oh, so good! What a life we live. What are we talking about today, Erin? Today, so we've been taking—we've taken a little by accident break. Um, our real jobs have called us away. I can't believe it. And we're back. We will not be doing a holiday episode because we haven't watched. The teen movie on Netflix with Kiernan Shipka, and we are recording this on December 14th, and there's just not enough time to watch, record, and publish before the 24th, and no one wants to hear a Christmas podcast after the 25th. That is true. So, we are talking today about returning to high school. Yeah, these this is a little different because I don't necessarily know that these are would be considered high school movies because they're not about teenagers per se. They're movies. I would say they're high school movies but not teen movies. Ah, there we go. That is it. So, we're doing Never Been Kissed, which I would argue is a teen movie, or at least it was Mo- more so, than, more the so others. than the other one. 17 again, which came out in 2009, mm-hmm. and 21 Jump Street, which is a recent, probably one of the more recent films we've done. And I would also say that 17 Again is a teen movie because it was peak Zac Efron. Post-high school musical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, 21 Jump Street, I think, is rated R. Yeah. But I I feel like high schoolers probably saw it. I feel like- probably. It, You know, that would be- Trini Tam, Jonah Hill, those are like- Yeah, we'll get to that one because I have a lot to say about it. Ooh, okay. All right, well, I'm going to start us off with Never Been Kissed. This is a 1999 romantic comedy starring Drew Barrymore. This movie is... Is it a rom-com? Sorry to interrupt already. Oh, do you think it's I think it's more of a comedy. Like, I I like... There is a romantic... Well, it's neither very funny... No. uh, Nor is it very romantic. So I think I'm probably... Bad teen movie is probably the most... It's a Drew Barrymore vehicle. Great. Yes. She is in a lot of romantic comedies that are neither funny nor romantic. (laughs) Right. But they're weirdly charming, and then you feel a little gross. Yeah. Josie Gross. Josie grossy. So, I'm sure most of you have... I just feel like everyone has seen Never Been Kissed. Yeah. Although, when I was watching it, my husband was like, what are you watching? This is the worst movie I've ever seen. Interesting. You might be right. The rewatchables on...
1: Never Been Kissed.
0: Did. never been kids yeah. and it was they were just saying it was the worst movie we've ever done the rewatchables, ooh, which is ooh. real mean ooh. but rewatching and I thought this is pretty bad even though I really liked it when I watched it <clears throat> in middle school when it came out my, my mom loved it and I don't know like if she were to have it felt that way yeah upon rewatching no, not at yeah. all I think I saw it in theaters so you saw it in theaters I think so although I don't I mean it was a very popular movie amongst me and my friends. Yeah. And we would, would had seen it a few times since then. I think I've probably seen it like five times in my life, which is okay. a lot. So quick plot rundown. So Josie Geller, played by Drew Barrymore, is a sh- very shy... But successful twenty-five-year-old copywriter. She's the youngest copywriter ever at the Chicago Sun Times. This movie w- took place during a time when newspapers were still very relevant and it powerful. Read, yes, and you could—it was a big deal. I mean, still a big deal to work in a newspaper, but like different, very different. They were making a lot of money. There are like two warring newspapers. It's set in Chicago, which is one of my favorite movie towns. It's a—it's a great movie. city. So so good, and you know, it has a Cubs game. It has all that shit, and like, it's great. Um so she really, really wants to be a reporter, but no one really thinks she has the gusto required because she's just so I don't know what to say. She's like a sad she's meek. a big nerd. She's yeah. But most newspaper people are big nerds. She she needle points. Yeah. And she's she's very meek. Like she doesn't have the stuff to be an investigative journalist, which is what she really wants to do. Right. But an assignment falls in her lap because she's the youngest in the office where they want someone to go undercover as a high school student to get, like, a juicy, what are the teens into story that I feel like I read with more and more frequency on the New York Times these days. Like, do you know what a Visco girl is? I'm like, I do now. (laughs) Thank you. So she goes undercover. Of course, she tries to get in with the cool kids, but it doesn't work out that well because she is not that cool. And she falls in... Pretty much the same footsteps as she had in her own high school career, which through flashbacks we learned was, like, very sad. She was super smart and nerdy and then had a huge crush on the most popular guy in school and he, like, and she, like, read a poem to him out loud in it's class. It's very painful rewatch. It is awful. And they do that thing when they do movies where, like, they try to make the very pretty girl, like, extremely unattractive by putting her in ill-fitting clothing and giving her braces. Right. And it's just, like... And Drew Barrymore makes all these very torturous, like, mousy faces that true. are just cringeworthy. Like, they're not... They're, it's not good acting, and it's not... <clears throat> uh, I actually do think Drew Barrymore can be a good actor, and this just isn't it. Oh, this is bad. This yeah. is bad. I think the best acting probably came from the supporting characters of yes. Molly Shannon and... Like, David Cat da- was, was, was very good. David was good. Playing the brother... Jessica Alba and uh, Lily Sobieski, who were both teen queens in their day, yep. were pretty good in their roles as... Octavia Spencer is in it. Oh, yeah. God, for like two minutes. I don't know. There's a guy from The Wire in it. See the guy in the van? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there's a very, very robust supporting cast, and, you know, it's very obvious what happens. It takes way too long. Oh, to my, and Michael Varden Oh, yeah. We like didn't know. He, So, he plays the English teacher. Basically, Josie is told that she has to get one of the cool kids or else they're going to take her off this assignment because she's not doing Nothing's happening. I thought it's not a story about happening. Anything. She's just joined, like, the math leads. Truly. And is hanging out and having a good time. Right. Going to, like, eat ice cream with her best friend, Lily Sobieski. So, they're like, you got to get infiltrate the cool kids. So she does, with the help of her older brother, David Arquette, who also re-enrolls in high school, even though he's 23, Mm -hmm. so he can get a baseball scholarship. Very strange. I guess no one has to give their high school transcripts to anyone in 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 any of these movies. No. (laughs) So you have, like, no records. So she does infiltrate the cool kids, I would argue, way, way too late in the movie. It takes her, like, the first hour to get in with the cool kids. And then she's in with them, and she's like one of the popular girls and she's on like the prom committee and then simultaneously her whole personal story is that she's never been kissed by someone she really liked in like a very romantic way and now she's crushing hard on her English teacher Michael Varton who is a very hot English teacher and is like has a very inappropriate relationship with her if he very inappropriate because he like thinks that she's 17 even though she is old enough to be she's 25 he's like 30 yeah But he thinks she's 17, and it's really inappropriate. And so that becomes the story. Right. And that's what, because it is, like, they were like, we want a sex scandal or a drug scandal or something, and they see that she has this inappropriate relationship with her teacher, and they're like, there's your story! Which is terrible. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) And, I don't know, the movie is extremely, has a very predictable ending. Yeah. She comes clean, she, it's all, you know... She realizes that it's not about being popular. The popular kids, I don't know, get their comeuppance. So what I will say that's redeeming about this movie, and and that's it. This is it. This is the only thing. I mean, I have she to say. And she gets kissed. And she gets kissed. And a baseball game. I actually think uh, uh, two redeeming things. One is I think that what this movie promotes, if you want to take a good message away from it, okay, is like putting yourself out there is the right thing to do mm-hmm. for self growth. Yeah. And, like, even when she was in high school and it had horrible consequences, like, she still put herself out there. Great. Yes. Also, this is so creepy. I think Michael Vartan is a very good movie kisser. Oh. I totally agree. I was like, oh. Yeah. Where, where are you these days, the Michael most, Vartan? The most chemistry that they had was during that kiss. And I was like, why? And that's it, right. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, why wasn't this more... I guess because if they had chemistry when she was seventeen, we would be even more creeped out. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. Maybe that was that was a wise decision to not have them have much chemistry. I don't know. It's a weird movie. It's extremely nineteen ninety nine. There's like From the clothing to the music to just like how people hang out and like go to Go to clubs to hear live ska bands and like do a coordinated dance together. Yeah, I will say there's a few things that when I was rewatching this movie and this is the one that I've watched the most. I watched this one this week, so it's it's the most recent in my memory. Um, I watched Lady Bird on a plane before Thanksgiving, and when they're so jealous. Sorry, it's so good. I was like just weeping on my entire flight to Colorado about both movies that I watched, but um. Uh, when they go to the, I can't remember what they call it, but like, they go to hang out in a parking lot mm-hmm. in Ladybird. The court. To, the court. Oh yeah. yeah, and she's like, "This is it. You just went from one parking lot to another parking lot." Like when I then watched Never Been Kissed and they're hanging out in a parking lot in Never Been oh, Kissed. Oh sorry, in Never Been Kissed they call it the court, but they call it something else in Ladybird. I can't. Ladybird, and and so I was like, "Oh man, what a like great trope of like high schoolers hang out in parking yeah. lots." Um... But also... Oh, shoot. There was something else I wanted to say that I saw in this that, like, reminded me of other teen movies. I don't know. It's past me. Well, it uh, on our list, I would say... I don't know. I mean, it's, it was a very painful rewatch. If you haven't watched it. this movie, you are not missing anything. Oh! I remember my other story. This also has to do with watching movies on a plane. Mm-hmm. So, this is my favorite story about... Um, one of my dearest friends, and about this movie. Um, so I had seen this movie, like, probably middle school, to be honest, when it came out. And then I probably saw it again in, you know, sometime along the way. But a few years ago, as a full adult, um, one of my best friends from high school, current adult friend, Anna, and I went, were going on a trip to Europe. Ooh. And we... You know that. I went to sleep the minute we got on the plane, and Anna... Settled in for some free plane movies for the entire flight to Copenhagen. Wow. And the movies that she watched were Never Been Kissed. Oh, my God. Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, my God. Black Swan. Oh, my God. And then Back to Never Been Kissed. And I would, huh. like, kind of periodically wake up and see that this was happening. And it was, like, a very bizarre fever dream to, like, wake up and kind of, like, see so peep at. Yeah. yeah. How do you go from Mrs. Doubtfire to Darren Aronofsky? Well, here's what she had to say. Oh my god. The next morning, delirious having not slept, and it's right. now seven AM in Denmark. She's like, you know, there was quite the through line of deception oh, and mistaken appearances. Yeah. And being a liar, and now all of a sudden she's sitting in the airport making this incredibly profound but like whacked out comparison between all of the movies. And That's I was true. Just like, there are like disguises yes, in all of them. Yes. Wow. Okay, Anna. And then she, um, I was I was listening to a podcast called Anna watches movies on a plane. <laughs> I was listening to that. For she sure. Most people, Anna is a pro traveler, and Anna and I have taken a lot of, like, shitty bus rides together, we've traveled, I've traveled internationally more with Anna than anyone else I know, and she just gets hyped up for, like, true minutiae, like, um, she'll see a snack box on the list, like, listed... And she'll be like, this sounds amazing. We have to get it. I love it. That's how I, I travel, too. Because when I'm on vacation, everything is, is magical. Yeah. Because I yeah. am on vacation. Yeah, a bag of chips and they... Yes. Yeah. It's, I'm fully with you, Anna. I would love to travel with you. We would have the same gusto for the same dumb stuff. Well, Perfect. let's arrange it. Okay, our next movie. Oh, you wanted to say something about the screenwriter of Never Been Kissed. Oh, the screenwriters of Never Been Kissed are have also written some other bad movies, um, It but... Well, high-grossing movies, I guess. Um, so it's Mark Silverstein and Abby Cohn. I think that's how you spell her last name. And they've been screenwriting partners for, like, 20 years at this point. Um, Mark Silverstein is famously married to Busy Phillips. Mm-hmm. And they've done other movies, like, He's Just Not That Into You, The Horrible Valentine's Day. Oh they did The Vow. Oh, my God. What What is The Vow? Um... The Vow, I think it's like a Nicholas Sparks wannabe say, movie, yeah, or maybe some... it is a full Nicholas Sparks movie. It's with Channing Tatum and Rachel McAdams, then oh. they did How to Be Single, and then they did I Feel Pretty. Oh, yeah, I remember. I saw I Feel Pretty. It was fun. Nah. It was a fun rock. B minus. B minus. Okay. All right, we're going to move on Seventeen Again, which Seventeen Again falls into one of my all-time favorite movie genres, which is body-switching movies. I am a very big fan of any time one actor has to play the personality mm. of another actor. I love a Freaky Friday, I love a Wish Upon a Star. I love the new Jumanji we- which has the same um, you're baiting me. Yeah, Aaron won't see Jumanji even though no, it's delightful. I won't. Delightful. Not, yeah, I just it's not so She nice. thinks the rock isn't charming. No, She's the only char- person in the but world. That's not what I said, I said his charm doesn't work on me. No, you said I, and I quote I do not find him charming. Right. I don't. Right. I don't. Right. I don't know why other people do, but I don't. Yeah. Um, Aaron, it kind of freak me out. Yeah, Aaron is afraid of the rock. and Kind of. He is shedding a single tear right now. He doesn't know why, but he would be so upset. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will watch any body-switching movie. If you have any recommendations you want to lob my way, I've probably already seen them because I hunt for these movies regularly. What a humble brag! Please recommend, but I'll I'll be able to one up you. Hey, if you please, have you watched wrong? Free Friday recently? Yes, it really holds up. It, it's amazing. Yeah, we're gonna do that gonna one do too. It. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis really. Holds I mean, it. I've been petitioning hard for an entire body switching episode. Well, just quit your day job. <laughs> we can record every day. So that's what we're gearing up for in seventeen again. Matthew Perry, who I will refer to solely as Chandler because Chandler he doesn't play any other character ever. No, no, he doesn't. Plays Mike O'Donnell, who is a pharmaceutical salesman who is very dissatisfied with his life. And you find out that he had a very promising college basketball scholarship on the line when he was 17 in 1989, and he was in the whatever, a big game where a scout, by the way, I think the same scout in 17 again is the scout in Never Been Kissed or like the baseball coach or something. It was very funny to be like, wow, that guy has one role that he plays. (laughs) Good for you. And the game is ruined because he sees that his girlfriend is on the sidelines crying and he goes to comfort her and she's like, I'm pregnant and he's like, let's get married let's take care of this baby and he like misses the game and so the scout doesn't whatever give him a full ride to okay. whatever school he wants to go to and now you know you're he's 40 and his wife and him are divorcing because he's super unhappy and all he ever does apparently is talk about how she ruined his life by getting pregnant which is he sounds like a bad husband. yeah think he and he has two kids and he doesn't seem to be a very good father either so they're getting divorced he, he's he's it is the same actor did you check this I just sorry. I, I just googled it's it. It's literally right the same actor. The same right? actor. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. The keep going. Um, and he lives with his best friend from high school, who is like a tech, a very rich, nerd. successful nerd. Who like <laughs> it was a great line. He's like, I invented the software to prevent people from downloading music illegally. I also invented the software that allows you to download <laughs> music illegally. <laughs> I would argue his character is actually very fun, as much as it's like way over the top. Great character. Really fun. So he's. Mike is really unsatisfied with his life. He just he didn't get this promotion at work that he thought he was going to get. And he goes back to high school to pick up his kids. And while he's there, he has his body-switching moment where he meets, like... a spirit guy. His or spirit no. guy, yeah. yeah. And in the role of a wise old janitor who says, you would like to go back, wouldn't you? And then they have their whatever. Weird exchange. Then he yeah. falls off a bridge. And then he's 17 again. And he wakes up as Zach Afron, who... <laughs> I think did a brilliant job in this in this role. And I love Zach Avron. I do too. And this, he, he's really hard not to love. Yes. Um, Aaron finds him very charming as opposed to the Rock. Very charming. In on the joke. Perfect example of in on the joke. Yes. I know that the rock is too, but yeah. he yes. just eats a lot of food and it really freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> so Zach Efron wakes up but he's Zac Efron and he's Zach Avron and the Well, you know, the best part of any body switching movie is the realization that you are now in the body of someone else, and you get, you know, it's truly hilarious. So he decides, with Ned's help, that he needs to, at first he was like, oh, it's all about me getting a basketball scholarship and, like, figuring, like, having a second chance at my life that I never got, and then he realizes, actually, this is about helping my family, getting my kids back, getting my wife back, and... He goes back to high school. His wife is played by... Leslie Mann. Someone else lady, who I find. Very charming. Extremely. And he is, like, the new cool kid of school. He's a basketball star. He is trying to help his son become popular and a good basketball player. And he's trying to get his what? daughter to stop dating an asshole. Well, okay. And did you or... Did, and I think I ask you this all the time. You did not watch The Good Wife. I started watching Good Wife. I haven't finished. Okay, but. so the guy who plays the asshole Hunter Parrish. Hunter Parrish. He was in Weeds as Silas. Silas. He was also. I think he won like a Tony for Spring He's like Awakening. In Godspell. No, yeah. he. I think he was in the original Spring Awakening. Yes, South. and and then he was in Godspell. Interesting. Did like. A... Um. He was also so when he was in Weeds, I thought I had a big crush on him. Loved him in Weeds. He was very good in Weeds. Um, and a great actor. And then he had a character arc on The Good Wife that led to the worst thing that's ever happened on television. Oh no! And I can was like, never look at him. He the was same. like the wrongly accused murderer or something, or no? Am I... ish? Ish. Oh dear. Okay. All right. So he for was... those of you who haven't watched The Good Wife, I strongly recommend it. I'm gonna watch it. I know. I know what you're referring to, and I hate him as well. Oh my god. It's so dramatic. Okay, we can continue. Thank also, you. and he's dating the girl who, um, the character of Maggie, played by Michelle Trachtenberg, yeah. who is another teen, teenish queenish. So I can't really remember. Like, is she really famous to p- you, people like you and me, because of Harriet the Spy? Harriet the Spy, and then Gossip Girl. Yeah, but I feel like Gossip Girl was like, um, you know, like a little bit of a revitalization for her. I think she, the people that of my generation that it's know Harriet her, it's Harry the Spy. Okay, same. Yeah. Okay. Which is now but I was, like, trying on... to think if I forgot something. I don't think so. I mean, she might have had, like, from Harriet the Spy, had, like, a bad girl trying to, you know, in the tabloids because she's trying to shed her good girl oh, Disney maybe. star oh. image. But I think... Harriet the Spy. Great movie. Really good. Available on Disney Plus. <laughs> we're not being paid by them, but if they want to pay us, uh, we're all here. Yeah, okay, so as he goes back on his quest, it helps. Antics ensue. Yeah, and it's a very... Just like Never Been Kissed and and uh, 21 Jump Street, there are these moments where, like, oh, you were a high schooler once, so you're going to try to do what you think is cool and hip and will get you in with the in crowd. And because you're an old, <laughs> like, you don't actually know what it is, so you fail miserably. And that was that's very fun. Yeah, I think 17 Again was a very funny movie. I think that... um one of the real stars of the movie is Malora what's her last name? Jan from the office. Jan from the office. Yeah. Plays the principal really in a real like Jan from the office vibe. Yeah. It's just like Jan's cousin basically. It's, it's, it's so good. Um, and Leslie Mann she has some amazing moments and her time I mean she's just so funny. Yeah, and actually her and have fun Amazing chemistry. So good together. <laughs> Truly amazing chemistry. And, like, it led me to wonder, like... Like, I think that Leslie Mann is, like, a pretty well-liked, well-known Hollywood mayor type. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, especially because of who she's married to and how long she's been acting as well. Like, I just wonder, like, when they run into each other, they're like, Oh, my God, how are you? We should get, grab lunch. I like, hope so. I, w- I, I hope, hope so. They're, like, very good friends. And that they're, like... Send each other Christmas cards and stuff. That would make me very happy. And there's obviously some great situations where, well, they're not, I don't know, I mean, they're a good comedy in terms of, like, Leslie Mann, you know, it's her husband as right. a high schooler. Right. So she is, like, weirdly attracted to yes. him. But, like And, like, can't understand it and knows it's wrong, but it's, like, right. feels right and she's not, and it's, just, it's, Zach Efron does a great job in this movie. His community timing is also very good. Very good. And then there's, like, really a, a quite an emotional arc in the courtroom. Yes. That's very funny. Um. Yeah. And sweet. Um, great soundtrack. I don't know. This was... The soundtrack is great. Really good. There's a lot of Spoon and the Kooks. The and contenders. it's what I listened to when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really, 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 really liked that, that soundtrack thing. And it was songs that, like, I haven't heard in a really long time. But, um certainly were on like a variety of mixed CDs that were played over and over and over and over sure. and over and over again in like my friends' cars. So that was like a sweet little yeah. back to high school. Which is why we do this podcast to think about the sweet little things Exactly. That bring us back. And I really liked this movie that came out. I don't think I saw it was out in theaters, despite my love for body switching movies. I think I waited until but um were you a high school musical person? No. Okay. I was not a high school musical person either. But I do remember it came out when I was in high school, and I do remember watching some of it because it was on like Disney Channel. It was, it was on Disney on Channel original movie, and I remember watching Zach Everton being like, "This kid is super talented. He can sing, he can dance. Yeah. He's and he basically plays the same character. He goes from like because in High School Musical he's a basketball star that can sing and dance, and they were like, yes. can you just do that in this movie?' The fact that he gets a dance scene See, in this movie is made hysterical. me made me laugh more than more than most of the same. jokes. Um yes uh I was a smidge too old for a high school musical like I was in the age where like it would have been uncool it wasn't like ironic again you know what mm-hmm. I mean older than you right and but like yeah. you would have been old enough that it was like oh, this is this cool thing like it it was like oh like a little babyish for like because I was probably like 14 when it came out okay. so it's was trying to distance myself from the tween stuff as opposed to like fully embracing it when you're you know when you come back around to accepting things yeah I guess I just always was on board well for... you also didn't have a younger sibling you were the younger sibling yeah, that's so true. my sister was obsessed with it, yeah. and I like did not want to be associated with any any mm-hmm. of my sister's tastes were far too sophomoric for me yeah. a whole I do, two I years do think my her. friends and I watched it like Pretending to be ironic and being like, "Well, actually, right. maybe this is like kind of good." Right. I remember yeah. being kind of good. I don't know. I'm not. I'm pro Disney. I'm just going to go ahead and say that well, this is not sponsored by Disney Plus. But I mean, I recently tried to watch that horrible Descendants thing. Oh, you did? Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah, I have no interest. In it. I, I can't. I can't do it. Anyway. But, uh, I don't know. So but it, ends, it, it has a happy ending. Yeah, it's what you I expect. will say the ending, I mean, yes, because it is what you like. you get kind of sad when Matthew Perry comes back. You're you like... You are very... I was oh, very disappointed. Oh, I have that. to watch this emotional resolution without Zach. Exactly. Here. And you're like, Chandler, and you kind of, part of me, like, really wanted to see a scene, because this is what you're robbed of with this body-switching movie. What you want... Is the, the Chandler TV's- to meet Zach Efron? Is Zach Efron to meet Chandler? But they can't meet each other because they're the same person. Right, right. We were really robbed of that moment, which I think would have been good. Excellent point. Yeah. Excellent point. That's, yeah, so. Okay. On to the star of the show. Absolutely. We're going to talk about 21 Jump Street. Not the mo- the TV show. The movie. The remake. The reboot. Sorry. It came out in 2012. and twelve. Twelve. 2012. Um, the stars are Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill at their, like, at the, probably the middle of the climb to their celebrity now. Like, they were fast, rapidly yes. ascending. I was gonna say, their star was, like, they were, they were both on rocket ships, so yes. it's hard, and, like, yes. I also think that in terms of their careers, the limit does not exist. I would agree with you. Like, now, Joan Hill's directing movies. Shane Tatum is has been making such amazing choices in his acting career. I think they both could be, like... Oh, You know, yes. rocket to the stars. I'm, um, th- The limit does not exist. Yes, exactly. So, to call this them... I don't know what to call this. It was great. They're both great. They're fantastic in this. So, they are two guys who went to the same high school but weren't really friends. Joan Hill was obviously a nerd. Then they go to the police academy together. Joan Hill wasn't just a nerd. He was a perfect... Like, the other movies the nerds are very stereotypical and they are in this too but jonah hill's version of nerd was like an eminem wannabe like he had like oh, the baggy t yeah. oh t-shirts my god I forgot and the bleached hair and like was clearly you know what i mean like the type of uncool that isn't just like oh you're smart and you're a band geek or whatever it was like oh you're really kenny from can't hardly wait exactly like but but smarter but obviously yes, like very, very smart. smart yeah um yeah, man, I forgot about that hair. That's a bad. It's a and then bad, Jimmy bad Tatum has like my—I have shoulder-length hair right now. He has like yes! my hair, and like also looks like a tool. I mean, okay, because it was 2006 when they were in high school, which is so. I basically went to high school with these two guys because that's when I was in high school, and I know them both so well. Wait, I wish that I had pulled up the texts between us when we—I was watching this because oh. you were—I I was texting you that I was watching because Aaron had never seen it before, which was I was both very sad and very happy for her oh my god it was such a treat like to to dive in on this yeah so then they go to the police academy and they become like best pals Mm -hmm. and then they're like we're gonna be the best cops ever we're just gonna be like taking names and arresting people and it's gonna be amazing and they end up being like bike patrol cops and witness a gang like, drug exchange with this, like, large gang, and so they try to take them down. They can't... Well, they they do take them down, but they never read them their Miranda rights, which is an amazing joke yeah. that carries on throughout. Like, the, the way that that joke builds and builds and builds and builds is truly, like, exceptional comedic screenwriting. Yes, it's very, very good. So they get... In trouble with their boss, played by Nick Offerman, aka Ron Swanson, <laughs> who's very disappointed, who doesn't understand why they don't know their Miranda rights, and they're like, Well, you know, the movies like always cut away before they're like done <laughs> saying the it. TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> And he's, while he's reading the Miranda rights, he's like, You have the right to remain silent. What up? You have the right you're the right to suck my dick. And you're like, oh, God, it's so inappropriate. So then they um, they get sent to the 21 Jump Street crew, which is this, like, um, who's the – Shit, I need to pull up this IMDb page. Ice Cube? Yes, thank you. Oh, my God. So Ice Cube plays the, like, head of this undercover squad. Um, I will say there are other people – in the undercover squad, like Dakota Johnson is in it and she's great. Um she's got some amazing lines. She's like an exceptional undercover. Yeah, she and her partner in crime are both women. Hot teeny. Yeah, hot young girl like this is sound bad. Both hot younger female cops who are killing it in their roles as undercover high schoolers. And they are basically just constantly taunting Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, who clearly are not very good at their jobs. Not good at their jobs at all. (laughs) So, they go back to school, and the roles actually end up getting flipped. So, Jonah Hill becomes very popular, and Channing Tatum is, like, really gets in with these sciencey guys. Like, I don't know how else to explain them, because they're not really nerds. They're just, like, they're, they're not, like... They are nerds, but they're not like I don't know. They're playing like a Magic the Gathering. Yeah, site. okay, right, fair, 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 they're, fair. Yeah, and so, um, they also move back in with Jonah Hill's parents into Jonah Hill's childhood bedroom, which is great. Um, they the reason that they're undercover is to blow. There's there's a drug ring. There these there these. You got this. All these teens are dying, which is so <laughs> dark. <laughs> But all these teens are dying from taking this, like, MDMA drug. Or no, it's a synthetic. Yes. And so... called HFS. Holy fucking shit. Right. And so they have to find who's making the drugs and, you know, they end up going down the rabbit hole with this group of cool kids that, like, one of them is um, played by Dave Franco who just is, like... Such a good high school... Such a good shithead. Yeah. Um, Brie Larson is also in this movie with a big, 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 big crush on Channing Tatum. No, oh, Jonah Hill. Joe, sorry, Jonah Hill. And what I will say about that is that this is the most appropriately managed, yes, um, relationship, relationship yeah. between someone underage and yes. not agreed. And it like it's great. Like, however they did this, because it, it, you you are very aware of how kind of gross this could be. Yes. And Jonah Hill really masterfully handles it. Yes. It is it is the best. It's also, like, you are rooting for them. Like, you kind of want them to. Well, you just want her to not. Yes. be. With, you just want her to be better. Yes. Like, you want her to not be with Dave Franco. And, yeah, correct. Oh, gosh, she's so good in this. She, she's, she's great. I love her. I love her so much. Um, It all culminates at the senior dance. As all good at as prom. Right. As it never been as kissed. never been kissed also at prom. Um, And there's a delightful cameo by the original 21 Drum Street um, so good. cast members. Johnny Depp is in this movie. Just That's all you need to know. Yeah. Giant Depp is in this movie which like you know he's a little bit of a some people don't like him anymore some people you know he ruins things for some people but it's a delight. You're like, "What is yeah. happening?" Um, yeah, there's a very long car chase that in a so like Toyota Corolla. So this was done by Lord and Christopher Miller, who they did like the Lego movies. They they are like very good. Chris right, Christopher- Phil Lord. And Christopher Sorry, Miller. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. They're really good at turning action movie tropes on its head and like oh, it, it's their you should have covered thing. this one time on in no, no. <laughs> so they have this great all of this is like and they do the same thing with high school movies or in this one anyway they like are really good at taking high school movie tropes and turning them on their heads. Yeah like the same conversations about like what makes a kid cool in high school and these guys aren't that far out of high school no they're like 22 yeah and so you'd think that they would have the best shot at getting in with the cool kids, because as there's a great scene where they're like, we're gonna have a party, but how will we get alcohol? Oh my god. That... How will we get drugs? And they, like, go to the evidence room at the police precinct, and they're like, a pound of cocaine? And he goes, <laughs> we're trying to make him have a good time, not ruin their fucking lives. <laughs> so they clearly have all of the tools necessary. Like, Shane Tatum is very attractive, and they can, like, they have a house open to their disposal, they right. have parties, they can buy kids alcohol, they can, like, throw a rager... And yet Shane Tatum cannot, for the life of him, like, become cool because the first day of school when he thought he would be, like, big man on campus, he punches a gay black kid in the face, oh, yeah. not knowing that he just accidentally committed a hate crime, and um, is, like, pulls up when he thinks is a really cool car, and, you know, surprise, surprise, all the kids in high school at this point are actually, like, very ego-conscious and are yeah. like, uh... Our car runs on, like, biodiesel made from leftover frying oil from a Chinese restaurant. So, like, actually your whole vibe, your whole, like, toxic masculinity is very uncool. And that was a lovely, lovely thing to see in a movie because you're just so tired of always having the same stereotypes in these films and to see, like, the cool kids be, like, Actually, we, um, are trying to save the world kind from of burning, and, um... I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> well, it's true, though, right? Like, the cool kids are, like, really serious about school, and, right. like, drama, and... Oh, my God, the drama... Okay, so, <laughs> the best scene in the movie, I think, personally, and I actually shouldn't say it's the best scene, but it's the scene where you're fully aware of, like, oh, this is where we're going. Yeah. Um, they go to find the drugs. Yes. Yeah. And... Brie Larson and Jonah Hill are in drama class together, and um, he's like, "How hard is it to find these drugs?" And she's like, "It's not that hard." Like, and there's like a sticker with like an email address or a cell phone number or something on it, and so he like calls the number, and they go to meet the drug dealer who, who is Dave, Dave Franco. Franco. Surprise! Um, and he's like, "Well, just so I know that you guys aren't narcs, you have to take it right in front of me at school, right in the your their book first room. day of school." They have to take this drug that is being described in the film as like having basically a really like a melted strong face off hallucinogenic with some like MDMA properties. So they take it, and uh, they have an a interesting run in with the gym coach or the the gym teacher, and then I can't remember what Channing Tatum goes back to doing. So the best part, or maybe one of the smartest plot devices they use is that their characters they're given like very specific personalities they're their brothers but one is a jock and one is a nerd one is going to be a all track guy he's going to be in like the cool clubs and one is going to be in the in um like the AP chemistry and and they accidentally switch their identities because right. they're not good at their jobs so now <laughs> Jonah Hill is in all of Channing Tatum's like remedial classes and has been like drama club with a cool kid, and Channing Tatum is an AP chemistry and a band geek, so... Right, right. They go back to their respective, the like, band. personalities. Oh, right, the band, that's what he goes to do. Yeah. Okay, So they go back to their respective personalities, and, um, Jonah Hill goes back into the drama, theater, club. drama club, and he had been incredibly uncomfortable before he left to do the drugs, and comes back in. The drama club is, the drama teacher is like, everyone has to audition for Peter Pan right now, because we (laughs) lost, because we lost the guy who was going to be Peter Pan to drugs, apparently. Right. So, he makes Jonah Hill get up, and. What song does he sing? I've Got a Crow. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it is, like, the funniest thing and the it best is. the best part i mean jody hill is a phenomenal but it's even better because brie larson's reaction yeah. really makes it because yeah. she's just like oh this guy yeah. is really nuts so the drug like one of the side effects of the drug is that it makes you super confident <laughs> and so he goes from his first audition which is like him not paying uh, attention and, like reading off of, to like Singing the full song with like an incredible choreography that he comes up with himself, and he's phenomenal. And you're like, oh, do you know how fucking is a theater kid? Like, he just has yeah. it in his DNA. Yeah. He felt so comfortable up there. It was a truly beautiful, beautiful comedic. It's my season. favorite. It's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. I also think the prom limo at the end is a very, great, very is a great, great scene. It's very good. I would recommend seeing this movie. I agree. I, I it was I was delighted. And I do think it's the I think it is the most true to life portrayal of teens, but maybe that's just because it's the most I There's a know. little bit of complexity. Right. to the characters, and I think that they're just not super they're not huge stereotypes. Like, I mean, right. mean, they they, they do really try to turn that on its head. Yeah. Like, the cool kids are in theater, and they're, like, I've already repeated this, but... But also, just, like, even, um, like, I think that Brill Larson's character is really important with the way that they avoid stereotypes, because she's this, like, obviously really beautiful girl, and she's very smart, mm-hmm. and she's really well-liked and nice. Yeah. Um, and she kind of gets... Treated like shit by her like kind of boyfriend, yeah. and that like what a true teen to life moment right. where someone would be like have like a fake boyfriend where you were like, is he your boyfriend? And right. she'd be like, yesterday we don't, yesterday, don't, we don't yeah. do labels. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just fine. Like we know what we mean to each other. And yeah. it's like, and then Jonah Hill comes in. And he's like so nice, and she just falls for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that. Brie Larson's character really helps with those stereotypes. And, and also just, like, Dave Frankel being the coolest kid. Like, yeah. everyone loves him, but he's the yearbook editor. Right, exactly. Like, the yearbook editor yeah. is not, not cool. cool. yeah. Although, the yearbook editor... Hi, Rachel Mosley, if you ever listen to this podcast. They were our yearbook editors, and they were not... I don't think they would tell you they were cool, but they were very cool to me. Of course. They're probably, like, working in publishing now. Anyways... Shall we get on to our superlatives? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we have a few. Most convincing high school student. Um, I have to go with Jonah Hill. I think he's because of I've got a crow. Well, yes. Um, I I'll, I just think he played his. I mean, seventeen again. Zac Efron was probably the closest in age to high school student, but because he was playing. Chandler, like he was a dad, he right. was like saying a lot of things that were not, a high schooler would not say it, he like, right, and so, he dressed, my favorite line yes. in 17 again, is that he shows up thinking he's looking really cool to school, and someone's like, he's wearing like head to toe Ed Hardy, Ed, head to toe, and a fully si- sideways baseball hat, yeah. And someone's like, you will like Kevin Federline <laughs> <laughs> Which he one hundred percent did. Such a specific age. So I think Jonah Hill is the most convincing high school student because he's he clearly like wants to be in with the cool kids so bad and is like his insecurities from his own high school past are like shining through so brilliantly that it makes him the ultimate believable high school student because yes. he just fully embodied his insecurity. <laughs> Shane Tatum is too tall, too handsome, too muscular to be a high school student. Yeah, and Drew Barrymore was like not believable not at all. Believable. Okay, I'll go along with this. Okay, so because of the weird romances, what's what did you find to be the cringiest age dynamic? Oh boy. Um. Well, as we said previously, Jonah Hill, Brie Larson is handled pretty well mm-hmm. considering. I and. Leslie Mann and Zach Efron. When she's like, um, Mike. Mike yeah. is his fake name. Yeah. She's like, Mike, that's super inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> like, he she, would do something and she'd just be like, oh, uh, Mike, yeah. oh, you, this is not allowed. So I guess I would say the, the English teacher, Drew Barrymore yeah. and Vartan. Bar- I actually think that, um, yes, I agree. There's a moment where Drew Barrymore has a conversation with her fake brother. It was her real brother? Her real brother, David Arquette, mm-hmm. and is, like, yelling at him about dating a 16-year-old. Oh, that's right. Oh, because he goes back to high school, too. Right. And all the girls are super into him. Right. And she's like, this is not okay, you're 23. Right. Yeah. And that's, like, a little that's pot right. kettle situation. Yeah. Although, but she's not actually a teenager. Like, she and Michael Vartan are the same. Oh, right. So, like, it's not... So he's actually committing a felony, whereas she is not. Right. Okay. He has a, he gets a happy ending though. Not literally. Oh wow, zing! Okay. Making <laughs> sure. What did you find to be the best glow up? As um, when they go back to their teenage years and they have to like reinvent themselves. Yeah, I mean, I love a makeover montage, and I feel like I was deprived of it pretty. Um. Unfairly in all of these films. Uh, the the mon- makeover montages are either non existent or very, very um, limited. Zach so, like Efron got a, a makeover montage. A little bit. He got, he got a leather jacket and sunglasses. I mean. He looked great. He looked great. Well, he gets out of the car, he flips the jacket. Yeah. He looked good. That's why moms love Zach Efron. is like. That vibe. Oh, the wholesome. My mom loved Zac Efron. Yeah, the wholesome but, like, slightly edgy vibe. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. I guess I would have to say Josie had the best blow-up. She she starts She it has as, two blow-ups. Yeah, she does. She has Mousy Reporter. To Molly Shannon's version of a high schooler. Right. And then to... Her truest. To self. Jessica Alba's version of High School. Yeah. And then back to. Yeah. Yeah. So she has the best. But one could also argue that Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum have a professional glow up that's yes. very important that is true. to their personal life. That is very true. I think that's my. I think I'm landing on that. Okay. I like that. Um, There are a lot of kind of bit parts in these oh movies. Oh my god. Like, the cameos are insane. An insane amount. I mean, we have. Never been kissed alone has like, John C. Riley, Molly Shannon, Octavia Spencer, Octavia Spencer. Oh my yeah. god! Again, a guy. Uh, I think we already said this. There, I can't remember his name, but he's from The Wire. Oh yeah. Um, I'm sorry, and then in, I, I forgot your name. In, uh, I I'm, I think that Johnny Depp and the other guy from Twenty One Jump Street is probably the best cameo. Yes, because, first of all, it's, it really was unexpected. Really unexpected. Despite really the fact unexpected. that you know that it's a reboot, they do a really good job of when and how the cameo is revealed. So I, I didn't realize that they, that these directors were... I didn't know anything about these directors. Nor have I seen really many of their other movies. Any of their other movies, maybe? And so the whole, like, flipping things on its head makes sense, because the cameo was revealed... In an extremely high stakes moment, yes, that like you're not think like you're so into what's going on, and then this happens, and you're like, oh my god! Yeah, it was great. I mean, that, that was probably the best cameo. I will say that Molly Shannon had some of my favorite. Like she kind of pops in a way that Drew Warren doesn't. Yeah, I also think I was when I was watching it so curious about Molly Shannon's characters in her life. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to be like, what were you like I in I know. Exactly! Um, so that wasn't supposed to be her, right? Drew Moore's best friend. That wasn't supposed to be Molly Shannon. No. It's Nikki Blonsky, right? Yes. Yeah. But well. no, I didn't get the stats okay. on at all. Okay. She just had the same energy of, like, Yeah. Corny gossip. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I don't think they're the same people. Okay. And... I wouldn't say Leslie Mann is a cameo. That's a straight up, like, supporting role. Yeah. So. Agreed. Although, um, Jim Gaffigan is another great cameo. Yeah. Not he, cameo. He's, he's in, like, a handful of scenes. Yeah. As the coach. And that, uh, Zach Efron says to him, like, oh my god, you're still here? Yeah. Because he's the coach over a 20 year span. Right. And looks exactly the same. Exactly the same. Jim Gaffigan. movie. Yeah. Um... What are the best insults? There's some really good oh, insults. Oh, the Kevin Fetter line was very good. Totally in Drum Street, it's just like chock full of singers that it's almost... I couldn't even... I didn't even write...
1: I yeah. can't do them justice
0: because it's all about how they're presented. So I'm not... I'm I'm not going to do the line about finger-popping each other's assholes <coughs> because it just doesn't translate. And that is the best one. Like. Yeah. I think <laughs> <it's not laughs> cool. Um... You have a homecoming king and queen. I'm choking right now. Um, homecoming king is Zac Efron. He is homecoming king. He is the best. No, um, I'm giving it to Jonah Hill. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Why? Um, uh, we're just going to talk about like someone who gives it their all, leaves it all on the court, is charming and well loved by all. Like it's Jonah Hill's character in this. Wow. He didn't even play basketball. You Use your Emotional or... court. Emotional court. The emotional court. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And the Peter Pan court, especially in the end. <laughs> you are. You are just love a drama geek. I think so. Wow. Well, and then the other beautiful parallel between uh Ladybird and this movie is the fact that Beanie Feldstein, Jonah Hill's sister, yes. in um in Ladybird has like a phenomenal theater yes scene. Um, yeah, Hong Kong Queen. I would say Molly would be no, my it. Oh no, Mo- Molly! Oh, Molly! Molly. Larson, okay, from Marvel. Okay, she's so delightful. Yeah, I oh. think I gave her prom queen when we had, did the spectacular. We definitely too. gave her prom queen. Yeah. yeah, and she just has the prom queen vibes. Yeah, I think she's I think this is probably the last. No, this probably is not the last. Brie oh. Larson teen movie we cover. No. There's a few more. She really did a lot of work that wasn't particularly well known until yeah. until like the last five years. Oh. She's so good. Um, who, do we have any, uh... Is she yours, too? She's your brother? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll co-sign that. Right. Do we have any Peter Fassanelli awards? People who play I, teens and show up later? I mean, Johnny Depp. Being yeah. in 21 Jump Street, and then... Yeah. Yeah. Um... Stalker Channing Awards. They're all Stalker Channing Awards. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's the point of this movie. It's that yeah. they're all too old to be in high school. What are our other awards that we ever get? Uh, our Most True Life. Oh, right. Teen Moments. I have a couple. Please. Um. So, Never Been Kissed came out at a time when, and I remember this very well, I was in middle school and Express was doing like an entire clothing campaign oh with the stars of Never Been Kissed as like, that was. Yeah, the thing that was, like, a crossover thing. So, a lot of Drew Barrymore's outfits are, like, that was the fashion that I was wearing then. I, like, literally had a pair of denim capris, which might be the most unflattering thing that you can put on a middle schooler's yeah. body. Capris and denim are not gonna- cut you off. <laughs> Unless you're Audrey Hepburn, capris are not, not the look. Um, they make you short and denim, and they were, like, flared, and they were just so no, awful. No. And I had, like, a really cute – I actually think it's cute to this day. I don't still own it, but I remember it well. Very cute, stretchy, cardigan sweater set. It was, like, the fabric was stretchy, Mm -hmm. and it was, like, very – They were truly – I had a few sweater sets as well. Yeah. And it was, like – but, you know, they did the horrible thing where it's, like, a V-neck T-shirt, and you button the cardigan just at the top, and then the rest is loose. And you're, like, no logic. This isn't flattering on anybody. No logic in the – in 1990. Oh my God! It was terrible. Oh. so you just had this weird like your skin is exposed and yet you're wearing a. Car. I don't know. It was very confusing, but I definitely remember fondly going to an Express and seeing like Drew Barrymore's like beautiful face on the wall with Jessica Alba and being like, "This is what the cool girls wear." Wow. Yeah. So that was some good marketing. Oh, it was brilliant. And I mean, I mean, I was 12. If retail wasn't dead would still be doing that. <laughs> millennials and kill retail. Now Zendaya does Prada commercials, right. so that's not really like replicated. Exactly. Rest. And I would say the teens hanging out in parking lots was my other Yeah. My we didn't hang out in parking lots per se, but we had a park and it was like you because the part you drove to the park, parked a car in the parking lot, and then went into the woods, the parking lot just adjacent became also a place where people hung out because you would get in your car and you would listen yeah. to music and shit. we liked like the beach. <laughs> oh. Well, 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 No. No. Scaled, scaled a few cliffs in our days. Oh, jeez. Not great. Um, <laughs> I think my most true-to-life moment is, so, they move, in 21 Jump Street, they move back into Jonah Hill's parents' um, house, and his parents have a wall of photos of Jonah Hill as a child, which is so funny. And you, funny. because they're real, like, they're, they're real, real photos. photos of, like, that Jonah Hill's parents' Clearly took of Jonah Hill as a child, and they, were, they are incredible. They're so good, and so Matt has Matt's parents have walls of photos of their children. If all this over is their your house. first time listening, Matt, Matt is my boyfriend. Aaron's boyfriend. So that's one kind of true to life moment, just like when you go into someone's house and you see. That's true to life. That's not true to teen life, but um, Jonah Hill's mom tells her that her son is doing an undercover sting and her friends like can't understand that they need to just like be quiet and then Channing Tatum is like obsessed with with Jonah Hill's parents and like they strike up this relationship that's like Jonah Hill's like mom can you please not like be friends with my with like can you not blow my cool blah 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 so that dynamic's the best, like, especially when they're sleeping over, they wake up in the morning, and the dad's just, like, on the elliptical in the room. Um, I just love it. Like, embarrassing parents and your friends being, like, really invested in them. And I just, the the jokes about the photos themselves are incredible. At one point, Chan Tatum says, you look like Jay Leno, and he 100% does. <laughs> he, is, he is maybe seven, naked, wearing a friendship bracelet no. in a black and white photo, and... And he looks exactly like Jay Leno. It's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, 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 great scene. Um, I think, do you think there should be any remakes? Uh, no. No, no, no. I'd like to see more Jump Streets. Uh, good news, Aaron. I'm gonna! There's a sequel. I know. They go to college, and it's wait. fucking great. I can't wait. It's maybe funnier than this one. I can't wait. I saw it in theaters course you did i am a big 21 jump street reboot and greater universe yeah yeah i don't know what they're what where they go next not grad school that would be boring maybe it just yeah damn um we don't know what our next episode's gonna be sorry or when it's gonna be oh geez let's hope it's soon but you know Aaron, Aaron has a lot of holiday travel coming up. I have none. Um, so if you want to blame anyone, (laughs) Um, oh, excuse me. Do you or do you not have several?
1: I'm gonna be gone for a week.
0: Yeah, but the reason we didn't record the last three weeks is because you were busy being a professional. Oh God, it's so boring. All right, saying well been fun let's not be on the same charades team again skull smashers for life i've got a (laughs) crow